Welcome to In Our Nature, the UW Sustainability Podcast. I'm Damon Eklund, Communications Manager for UW Sustainability, and I'm joined today by Adam Fain, Recycling Program Coordinator. Welcome, Adam. Hi, thanks for having me. Adam is with UW Recycling, but what they do is more than just recycling here at the University of Washington. So let's start with that question. What is UW Recycling? That's a really good question. A lot of people don't exactly know what to make of us because sometimes they think we're a student group. We are a department on campus and we do have our hands in a lot of different pots. We are contract administrators in our office. We deal with our vendors uh, to make sure that our day-to-day operations go smoothly. And so we have vendors like waste and recycling, vendors like Recology and compost vendors like Cedar Grove, and then vendors that deal with like specialty recycling. So we have to coordinate all those services. Uh, We also deal with with waste infrastructure. Um, and so if you see a recycle bin or a compost bin anywhere on campus, even some of the outdoor bins, we're basically responsible for putting it there and making sure that everybody has access to recycling and composting when they need it. Aside from that, we also have a crew and a fleet of vehicles that go around to most of the buildings. So when custodians take all that waste out, they bring it to the loading docks and then our crew picks that up. And then last but not least, we, uh, much like we're doing right now, um, make we're making sure that people know how to recycle and compost correctly. Um, and yeah, we're just making sure that uh, everybody knows what to do and make ourselves available for anybody that has questions. Adam, so let's start with the basics. A lot of people who maybe aren't from Seattle and are here at the University of Washington, they some people have never even seen you know a compost bin before. So what goes into the compost bin? Why is it important to separate your compost? And talk a little bit about some of the main issues and the main things that you see in terms of people recycling, composting, and getting the right things in the right bin here on campus. Yeah, that's a really good question um, and one that I empathize with. I'm actually not from the area. I'm from Pennsylvania. And so when I moved to Seattle, uh, everything was very different. Uh, We have things like single stream recycling here. We have a composting program, which was absent from where I came from. And so uh, I kind of had to learn things. And I think a lot of the students and some of the new staff and faculty have the same experience. And so that's one of the reasons why we do what we do. And so when just basic overview, especially with recyclings, you know, some of the usual suspects are glass bottles, cans, bottles, uh, paper, things like that. Usually people have a basic understanding of some of the basics that are recyclable, but it gets a little bit uh, more confusing when you get into just like plastic packaging and plastic in general. Because here in Seattle, we tell people to actually ignore the recycle symbol because that actually, uh, especially like the chasing arrows with the number inside, that number doesn't actually tell you if something's recyclable. It just tells you what type of plastic it's made out of. And so for instance, number seven is just other. So you you really have no idea. It doesn't really give you much information. And so, yeah, in Seattle, it's just important to recycle uh, based off of uh, shape. So bottles, cups, jugs, and tubs is what we tell people. All of that stuff here in Seattle is fine to recycle. Just make sure it's clean, empty, and dry. Compost, that one is, that's a big question that we get, um, especially since it's not standard. We don't have the usual suspects like you do in recycling. Some people have uh, the option if they have land, they have like a 
backyard compost bin and that's a great place to start. So in your backyard, things like food scraps and yard waste, those are all compostable. And so food scraps will be anything from like banana peels or if you're making a meal, like, you know, have you cut the, like rip the skin off of the onion or cut up a pepper, all of the stuff left over from that, that's all good compost. Or if you have like a, an overripe banana, you don't have any plans of making banana bread out of, that's fine to compost. Just make sure those little stickers are off of those. Those are not compostable. Um, and so yard waste, anything that's left over from yard work, um, grass clippings, little twigs, dried leaves, all of that stuff is fine. Going into more of the uh, in-depth things uh, that are you can't compost in your backyard, because we have Cedar Grove, which is our vendor for compost, we send off all of our stuff there, we can compost things like meat, bones, and dairy, which you wouldn't be able to do in your backyard. And so a lot of people are surprised when I say like, oh yeah, you know, eggs left over, your eggshells, that's great compost. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> we can't do that. But yes, actually you can. Um, and then a uh, higher level as compostable serviceware. And that's where it gets really tricky because uh, a lot of that stuff looks like it's recyclable. So if you have a paper plate, generally people are like, yeah, we want to recycle this. But as long as it is a compostable plate, like it has to say 100% compostable, that can go in there. And so compostable paper is actually one of the things that is our low-hanging fruit here at UW. Um, we see a lot of that going to the recycle bin or the trash bin. And so we want to compost that stuff as much as we can. And then compostable plastics is uh, very confusing for a lot of people too because that just looks like regular plastic. But as long as you look for the label that says 100% compostable, that stuff can go in the compost bin and be turned into a good compost product that we can grow more food out of. And that's one of the things that's actually gotten a little bit more complicated in the last couple of years, because before the pandemic at the university, our housing and food services, almost 100 percent of the, the food packaging and serviceware was compostable. And I know that and, and there's other places in Seattle that had gotten kind of close to that as well. And then with the pandemic, with supply chain issues and with concerns over different types of packaging, I know it's gotten a little harder. And so even here on campus, some of the things that may have been compostable, they're still catching up and trying to figure out if they can get that supply chain in place. And so not everything is as compostable as it was. So it's important to kind of look for, just take a look and see if you can see that compostable. Most things you get on campus here are still compostable if you're getting it from a, a dining facility. Um, so in general, you're able to do that. But it is, uh, I think it, there's been a little bit of added confusion over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And so... Definitely. And, and when you're talking about paper, I think that's another piece that is can be a little bit tricky when you're talking about compostable paper or paper plates. So what is it that somebody should look for in terms of if you're... So, so number one, I think if it's the difference between putting in a recycling and composting is generally if it's got food soil, so, soiled by food or grease on it. Mm -hmm. um, and so things like pizza boxes that have grease on them generally should go in compost, correct? Yeah, correct. Um, and so one of the things that I like to tell people, because paper is confusing, they're like, well, you know, is it recyclable or, or compostable now that you told me all of this stuff? Paper's best and highest use is to be recycled. Something like a cardboard box can be recycled up to seven times before it can no longer be recycled anymore. But once, like you were saying, with pizza boxes especially, uh, once it comes in contact with food, that stuff is not really good to be recycled anymore. That just ends up being contamination in the recycle bin. And even if you have a pizza box that is like super pristine, they're like, there's no grease on this. There's nobody at the sorting facility looking at every single box, looking to see if there's a 
speck of grease on all of these pizza boxes. If they see a pizza box, it's going to be contamination. And so uh, things like that we want to put right into the compost bin. But uh, you were asking some of the things that you have to look for. Not all of the like paper plates, for instance, are going to be compostable. Uh, a lot of those have uh, like a layer of plastic on it to make it more f resistant to food and hold up, make it hold up better. But then things like that also make it not compostable. And because it's touched food, it's no longer recyclable anymore. And so um, we want to make sure that if you have conta food contaminated recyclables, all of those can actually just go into the garbage. Beyond those, I know there's a a number of other things that regularly you get questioned about or regularly confuse people. So what are some of the biggest questions that you get around your know, proper disposal? What are the things that really trick people up here on campus? I'll start with food contamination because that's a big one uh, that's even changed in the past few years. We now want everything to be as clean as you can possibly make it. So one of the big questions is like, how clean is clean? And the whole mantra is clean, empty, and dry. So it's like how clean is clean and how dry is dry. And so when we answer this question, I basically like to tell people as clean as you can get it. If you have a peanut butter jar and there's enough peanut butter to make another sandwich, that's far too much peanut butter. Uh, make sure you rinse it out, wipe it out with a sponge, make sure you get all that peanut butter out of there, and that can be recycled. And as far as dry, it doesn't have to be put out in front of a fan for a few hours to make sure it's like pristinely dry. What we're really looking for is liquid contamination. So a lot of people will try to like recycle a half full bottle of coca-cola and uh, that's not what we want so anything that'll splash out of your recyclables and onto paper onto something else that'll make it food contaminated that's what we want to try to avoid so if you have a glass container plastic container has a few water droplets on it it's fine to put on the top of your recycle bin usually those things air dry anyway and one of the, the things that I thought was really cool when I got here to the university was I was able to take a tour of one of the, the recycling sorting facilities for, for our vendor to just kind of see how they go through and sort thing. And that really drives home kind of why it's important to do some of these things because you can kind of see they have both manual and automated sorting. And so when you're talking about sometimes you'll see things like sizes like if you're going to put a lid in there that it needs to be at least two inches and one of the things that was really fascinating to see at the sorting facility is part of that is because one of the things they do is you know they cr one of the steps is they crush things that, so the glass containers fall through so the the glass shards are generally going to be you know less than that so if it, you have a smaller lid it's going to contaminate that glass recycling mm. and so there's generally a reason for all of these and it's because you know they want to make the you know get the recycling streams as pure as possible so that people can you know reuse these materials because if you're you know, you send it to recycling and then they can't do anything with it. That's just generally going to end up in the landfill. So following these, yeah. following these guidelines is important to make sure that this stuff actually does get recycled. When you're talking about that clean, empty, and dry, what does that do in the end result? And you know, why is that important for those containers to, to go to the recycling facility clean, empty, and dry? That's a great question um, because a lot of people, when they throw away their waste, that kind of just ends at the bin and nobody thinks about what happens afterward. So you mentioned the sorting facility. Yeah, all of these things have to be sorted and every sorting uh, facility is different. A lot of places will have different types of machines, but one thing that's consistent is they the, have Every sorting facility will have workers at some point along the line. So there are people that are sorting these things by hand. So we want to make sure that everything that we put in there is safe, for one. Um, and so we don't want to put anything sharp in there. We don't want to put anything biohazardous in there because 
people are being exposed to that stuff and it doesn't belong in our recycling. And so uh, and then when I mentioned also everything has to be clean, empty and dry is because everything gets kind of mixed at the sorting facility. Everything goes along a conveyor belt, glass drops uh, through this grid um, and they collect that way. Paper goes kind of up a long row of turbines basically and it kind of like since paper is so light it fluffs up and then goes uh, into the the next place and then cans and bottles are, are diverted a lot of times opti opt optically because these things can tell the different types of plastics and the different types of metals uh, metals usually at some point will go along someplace with a, a magnet where it'll either um stick to it, be attracted to it, or be repelled from it and go into different streams. So if you ever have a chance to visit, visit a sorting facility, I recommend it highly because it is extremely educational. But after everything is sorted, it has to be bailed and then somebody has to buy it. Nobody's going to buy something that is extremely contaminated and nobody's going to try to make something out of that. Um, recycling is a commodity. Um, and so that's what that's the big reason why we want this to be as pristine as possible, because we don't want to just end up with a whole bunch of trash. And so we've kind of hit on the standard when you see the, the bins on campus, you'll have a landfill bin, a compost bin, recycling bin. And that recycling is generally for the standard plastic um, bottles, cans, your glass bottles. But you know, there are a, a handful of other things that recycling handles on campus. And so if people have questions about some things that are a little bit unusual or they're not quite sure what, what to do with them, how do they find out what how to properly dispose of items? Yeah, so we have, uh, there's a lot of resources on campus. First of all, UW Recycling. Our team is extremely knowledgeable. Give us a call, send us an email. We also have a website with a disposal guide on there. Um, and all of that stuff is campus specific. So uh, it's in alphabetical order. You can f try and figure out what it is that you have and if it's recyclable, garbage, or compostable. We try to make that easy on everybody. The thing that makes it a little bit less easy is that when you get off campus, things are a little different. The city in Seattle in general is different from on campus because we have some things, some resources available to students that aren't as easy to, f easy to find in Seattle as a whole. And then when you get out of Seattle, everything is different. And so what I tell people is to uh, look local. If you're just Googling something, uh, just a random item, you, the information that you get a lot of times is, is contradicting and it's frustrating to a lot of people because it's like I found this one sub website that says it's recyclable and one that says it's not. But if you look at you, the usually every city has some sort of website that has a, a disposal guide like ours. So the city, city of Seattle definitely does. King County has one. Or your wo local waste hauler will also have guides. So it's important to look up the things that are specific to where you live. And if you have a question about things on campus, I will say UW Recycling is often... UW Recycling is very responsive and wants to help, and the way to reach them is recycle at uw.edu for an email address. Yes, thank you. <laughs> All right, so moving on from you know just kind of the nuts and bolts of how we throw things away or how we would dispose of things, let's talk about what UW's goals are around waste. What are we trying to do when we're talking about waste at the University of Washington? Yeah, so our goals have shifted over time. Um, it used to be way back when that we had a goal of 70% waste diversion by 2020. And then when 2020 came and passed, we kind of had to reevaluate that goals. 
uh, those goals. And so the one thing with waste diversion is it's a little bit short-sighted, especially when you look at contamination. Waste diversion, if you're not familiar, is basically diverting waste from the landfill into a different stream, usually recycling or composting. It's really incentivizing people to put as much as they can into the recycling and as much as they can into the compost, but it doesn't really allow people to take a look at their item and figure out if it is really belonging in these areas. So we wanted to shift our goals to address those issues um, and also realize that recycling and composting isn't actually the best thing. The best thing is reducing the amount that you uh, have to dispose of anyway, because if you have less that you dispose of, that's it answers a lot of people's questions because if you don't have to throw this stuff out in the first place, then you don't have to worry about where it goes. And so the goal after that uh, was uh, 10% less waste by 2025, less 10% less solid waste, that is, by 2025. And that fits actually into the Sustainability Action Plan uh, as a whole from the university. And so that ended up being, uh, that is currently our big push right now. It just so happened that during the pandemic, we were able to really reach that goal very easily because there were a lot less people on campus. Um, but now that uh, people are back and a lot less waste is pr uh, being produced, it's really testing um, uh, just our ability to uh, uh, reach those goals and see how the different plans that we enacted are, and put into place are affecting the campus in general. So right now, what are some of the biggest challenges we see? Yeah, the biggest challenging, uh, the biggest challenge um, is knowledge. I would probably say because the campus community is ever changing, uh, we get new students every year. Lots of turnover and staff and faculty. Um, and then Seattle is a cosmopolitan area. Lots of new people are coming in all the time. I think that's probably our biggest hurdle is making sure people know what to do, um, and also kind of instilling all of the, the different goals and the different, the ideals that the university has in general, because we not only want to do the right thing, we uh, by recycling and composting, we want to reduce our waste in general. And so that's not always at the top of everybody's mind when they come uh, on campus. So getting that message, is that message across is probably the biggest thing that we have to think about. And I would say, too, I know when you're talking about reducing the waste stream overall, that has to start kind of when people are starting to think about buying something. Because you know, if you're going to reduce the waste stream overall, you've got to reduce the amount of things that are coming onto campus or being created or, or people are bringing on. You can't just kind of say, well, of all the stuff you have now, let's throw away less of it. We need to you know, yeah. really, you know, so it's really a, we've got to look at a lot of different areas and, and work with different people on campus. And I know our office and your office has talked with different people and looked at how purchasing works on campus and trying to talk to different groups and really make sure that people are intentional and you know really pushing the idea of reusing where you can get things as simple as just having a reusable water bottle or a reusable you know, reusable mug housing and food services now if you bring a your own mug to any of the coffee shops on campus you get a, a discount so just those simple things that you can do each day but also just really thinking about I think there's a real culture that we have that if you 
see an issue the the first solution a lot of people has have is to buy something new and so mm-hmm. i think you know just thinking about it and ho- hopefully helping people take that extra moment or extra minute to think about is there something else that we can do you know besides just buying something new is there something else we can do is there something we can reuse can we look at second hand or is there something else that we can repurpose for this i think is going it's a big shift but it's also something that goes hand in hand with not only thinking about the the end of life but from the very beginning of making those decisions, both small and, and large. I know we work with UW facilities and looking at new buildings, and that's something that's coming up a lot, is what can we do to make sure that, you know, think about the, the full life cycle of the stuff that goes in. How can we ensure that the materials we're, we're looking at for buildings or the equipment we're looking at for buildings can you know, either last longer or be used in different ways? And so this is a, a larger question than just looking <laughs> at those, those oh, landfill or recycling bins. And I'm glad you brought that up because it really does take a village. Uh, And the University of Washington kind of is a small city where we have a lot of different partners on campus interested in the same thing. Uh, You mentioned UW Dining, and we work very closely with them, um, especially on purchasing, because we try to make sure that as much as possible is compostable because the easiest thing for people uh, is that the choice is easy. If everything is compostable, then you're just kind of like, oh, well, there you go. And so they've been a, a tremendous campus partner to us. Not only that, we've been kind of looking at the waste infrastructure and all of the dining uh, facilities lately and redoing all of our signs. And so they've been extremely helpful in that regard, too. We're also working with them to, uh, I should say they're working with us to promote the Aussie program. So we're doing outreach. Um, and if you're not familiar familiar with the Aussie program, it's basically a way for students to get reusable containers in the dining facilities instead of having to use single-use items every single time. And so uh, that is potentially a tremendous great program that we can start and right now it's kind of in its infancy but we're really hoping to see that take off and become a a larger part of student life and as we're talking about that that idea of you reuse um, or reuse i also want to make sure that we mention uw surplus which is students may not know but um, anything that is purchased by state funds with it's no longer being used at the University of Washington instead of getting thrown out or it has to go to UW surplus which determines what can be reused and they have a a public store so that the public can purchase things that are no longer being used at the university but also university departments and groups can go to UW surplus and find things so again if a, a UW group is looking for you know office equipment or different things they can go to UW surplus instead of just purchasing new so we do have some of those programs in to to kind of encourage that reuse mentality and finding a new home for things and so in terms of trying to avoid again just just throwing old things out and buying new things there's different opportunities and different options for people and i definitely recommend for students or or anyone else if you're if you're looking to to pick up some things the uw surplus has just a wide variety you never quite know what you're going to find there's a oh my gosh (laughs) i'm really glad you brought this up too because yeah you really have no idea what you're going to find over there and you're just kind of like how did you get this? <laughs> yeah, you're always, you know, there's always plenty of desks and file cabinets and uh-huh. the standard things you'd assume from offices. But every now and again, there's some little you know, trinkets or souvenirs or just some things that you're not quite sure. So definitely look into UW Surplus, which is, I think, one day a week has uh, public stores. And again, for you know anybody that works at the University of Washington, university departments can go over there at any point. As we're looking at the future of waste on campus, what do you think the biggest opportunities that we have to address here at the University of Washington? are? 
Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and I was mentioning this uh, before uh, is contamination. Um, so in uh, 2018, we actually did a, a waste characterization study where we had uh, an outside company in and survey all of the waste generated on campus. And there were a few big takeaways, and I don't have the specific percentages in front of me, but one of the things that we realized is that almost half of the material that we throw away into the garbage is food waste. And also uh, food-soiled paper is another big thing. So there's a lot of compostable material that is ending up in the landfill that doesn't have to. And that, that kind of goes along with knowledge. Like I was uh, saying before, a lot of people are far from the area, and Seattle's definitely ahead of the curb in compost, so a lot of people just really aren't used to that. That's kind of one of our low-hanging fruits and one of the things that uh, if somebody will come up to me during outreach, they're like, what can I do? I'm like, well, uh, make sure you compost your food waste. Uh, if everybody on campus did that, that would make a huge difference. One of the other things that we're really combating on campus, and this goes along with um, contamination, is just how difficult uh, it is to recycle. And I, this is one of the last points that I wanted to touch on is greenwashing. And one of the reasons why uh, it's so difficult for everybody that wants to, you know, wants to do the right thing, because a lot of people don't make it easy. A lot of people try to kind of capitalize on that. Uh, everybody's want to do good. And so the you'll come across things like, well, for instance, when uh, I was first brought on to the recycling team, I was charged with buying compostable service wear. And I was like, okay, easy, I got this. And so I looked high and low for the service wear that was like cost effective and something that uh, we would want. And then I ended up buying these forks that said made from plants. And I was like, perfect, there we go. And then when we got them, I realized, oh no, these are 50% compostable plastic and 50% regular plastic, which means it's just garbage. And so there are so many of these pitfalls that people just, they just make people throw up their hands and there's like, what am I going to do now? One of the big things that we try to do is uh, make it easy on people. That's why we have these little digestible facts that say, like, you know, bottles, cups, jugs, and tubs as far as uh, recycling plastics. And then compost is like food waste, food soiled paper. Make sure it says com compost on it. You know, as long as you think about the basics, uh, you'll, you're generally fine. If there's uh, anything specific that uh, you're just not sure about, reach out to us. You know, when in doubt, find out is what I like to tell people. And then uh, after that, the inevitable, when in doubt, you really can't find the answer. You don't know exactly what to do with it and you have to make a split second decision. You can throw it out. It's much better to uh, add that item to the landfill than it is to potentially contaminate an entire stream of recycling or compost. And you mentioned one of the ways is for people to get in touch with you other than the, the email address, recycle at uw.edu, which you've already mentioned. What are some other ways that people can get more information about what UW Recycling is doing and some of the different, those tips that you're talking about? Find us during outreach. If you ever have any questions, call us, email us, and talk to us. Um, but then also get involved with sustainability clubs on campus. I can preach this all day, but the best way to actually spread this knowledge and do some good is by students kind of leading the initiative. 
I think that's the the best way that you can move forward in all of this. If students help each other figure this stuff out, I think that's probably the best way. You can also follow us on Instagram. Uh, I believe it's just UW Recycling uh, is our handle. If you want to look at our website, it's uwrecycling.com, or you could just Google UW Recycling. Uh, we'll be one of the first results to pop up. All right. Well, thanks very much for joining me today, Adam. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me again.